0: Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome back. Uh, We've been talking to Kristen Hatton all this week. Uh, We looked at encouraging truths yesterday. If you missed those, I'd encourage you to go back and just uh, think about uh, the gospel and communicating that in the home. Um, today uh Kristen i'm asking you the question just as a parent, uh, what advice would you give youth workers in the area of discipling uh teenagers and this is something we want to remind youth workers often uh, that uh, they need to be you know coming alongside parents uh in youth ministry uh, so just what's some what's some advice that you would give us?
0: Yeah, that's actually a really timely question as I've just returned from, um, Rooted's leadership summit and, um, Rooted's philosophy, which I wholeheartedly subscribe to is that, um, youth ministers or the youth ministry is just one of three partners in shepherding a child or a student. So at least equally important, if not more so is also the church and the parents. So, um, There was a great article on the Gospel Coalition last week, although when this is airing, you might have to go (laughs) reference this. It was a young adult wrote about the important role of the church for long endurance in the Christian walk and intergenerational wisdom and discipleship. Um, I just thought it was great because without the larger context of a church, a student connection often only lasts as long as they are part of the youth ministry or college ministry. So if they haven't seen the beauty of the church and their need for it and the church's need for them, then so often our students, you know, once they graduate out of youth ministry, statistics show us 70 to 80 percent of those kids abandon the church. So there has to be that connection to the church. And so I definitely, you know, want to see youth ministries incorporating their kids into the larger body whether you know encouraging obviously worship but bringing the family and volunteers of all different um, ages Um, and then the parents role in developing a child spiritually that should be obvious but in today's culture um, parents are so accustomed to outsourcing everything so i mean whether that's like you know specialized coaching for like You know, your baseball pitcher or tutoring or the college prep classes, manners. I mean, it doesn't matter. We parents outsource everything. And, And so I think a lot of times that's the same mentality they have towards the spiritual development of their kids. They think, oh, I'll drop them off at youth group on Wednesday night and they're good. Um, but if the gospel is not taught being talked about at home and what they are reemphasizing, um, then it's not going to sink in in the same way because our kids are watching and very likely, even if they're hearing something at youth group or at church, if it's not being modeled in the home, then that's not what's how they're going to turn out. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's something just referencing the outsourcing comment that you made. I know just, um, I want to say a couple of weeks ago as well on the Gospel Coalition. uh, And and I can't remember the name of the person on the podcast, but she was talking about, um, I think, the catechism, the New City Catechism that the Gospel Coalition has produced. And um, she was speaking from the the context. Her context was over in the United Kingdom. But she said that um, I think uh, research was showing that parents spend about 37 minutes a day uh, with their children and, uh, quality time, uh, because they just seem to be outsourcing to so many, uh, different things. And so, yeah, the, the same can carry over, uh, into the church of just, and, and, you know, I mean, parents, obviously most are, are working and just feel so busy and feel that they just don't have time and feel ill-equipped, um, and so, yeah, they start to outsource just the, the spiritual formation uh, of their children. Um, but again, that's where youth workers can hopefully come in and come alongside parents and can, can be a resource uh, for uh, for parents, um, you know, just in the discipleship of their students.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really does need to be a partnership, but parents need to be trained. And I think, you know, they, yes, the teenagers live with them, so they may have more parenting experience than the youth leader, especially if it's a youth pastor that's young, that doesn't have their own teenagers yet. However, parents, I think, feel very ill-equipped. I mean, they don't have a good grasp of what the gospel is. And so I think, you know, having um, training-type seminars with them or small groups or connecting parents, I mean, just anything that can be done to help bring them in and provide kind of training opportunities for them. Parents are also so fearful. They're fearful of what other people are going to think, you know, if their kid messes up they're, I mean, they don't know what to do, especially if it's their oldest child. So, I mean, they, I think they would appreciate, you know, extra help. Of course they may be too busy (laughs) to Mm -hmm. come get it, but um, that's a whole nother aspect. But, um, I mean, any, any, way that the youth pastor can help bring the parents alongside and as a part of the ministry and encourage family time. Because like you said, I mean, families don't spend a lot of time together. So sometimes I think the over-programming, even at church, is is not a healthy thing for the family.
1: Hmm, Absolutely. And I mean, that's something... Obviously, we know um, there are extracurricular activities left and right, and there's so much that that can divide the family and pull them away. But we also need to, as the church, like you're saying, um, just um, take assessment of that as well and realize that we do. Uh, youth ministries can be guilty of just over programming and having multiple things during the week. And I mean, I know that's something speaking back to when I was on staff at a local church of just trying to, at you know, different times of the season, uh, looking at. You know, typically when uh, school was starting back up in August, or when it was winding down in December and exams were going on, or May as well with graduations and exams, trying to pull back on the activity that we had, and and to cancel various things, and to try to, you know, encourage that to say, hey, look, take advantage of the fact that you know, we don't have large group this week. And so be together um, as a family. And, and I know that there were times where I got pushback for that because, um, you know, as a youth worker, uh, parents kind of saw you as, okay, you need to keep our students busy and you need to to have those activities. But then I know there are other families that, that also appreciated that. So us being cautious. That's
0: the perfect time to maybe give some type of, um, I want to say handout, but like some type of I don't know, discussion thing that a parent could do around the table with their kids, you know, oh, we don't have a youth group tonight, but look what you can do mm-hmm. in your own homes.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that's an excellent idea and something you know, I think we've mentioned on this, this podcast, but Timothy Paul Jones is a professor at Southern Baptist uh, Theological Seminary, and he had done some research and just said that parents often hear uh, that they are to be the primary disciples of their children, uh, but they feel that the church fails in giving them tools um, to do that. And so just this conversation here, hopefully, is, you know, encouraging youth workers to think of, okay, um, you know, if we cancel an event like we're talking about, could we put together, you know, an outline or a handout of a specific topic to, you know, talk about um, over the dinner table or as we're, you know, driving them to soccer practice or whatever. But to, to think of, you know, practical just uh, tools that you can put in the hands of your parents uh, to help them in the, the discipleship uh, process. Those could be very helpful things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think of it as kind of just redeeming the time, because like you said, a lot of parents have a lot of carpooling time, you know, here, shuttling kids here and there. So how can we redeem that time? How can we make fruitful conversation? A lot of times parents just don't even know how to enter in. So any way that youth pastors can help them with questions is great. Mm,
1: yeah, that's excellent. But yeah, again, just those those pillars on, on uh, uh, Rooted's ministry. Uh, would, you, would you say those three pillars again? Did you say there were three pillars?
0: I, Yes. Well, I said that um, it's equally important or, you know, to varying degrees, uh, the youth ministry or minister, the church and the parents. So a a child needs all three of those in place. You can't just put it all on the youth minister, which I unfortunately I think a lot of people do. Um, the parents and the church need to be a major part of that.
1: Yeah. And it's been encouraging just to see the literature in the past few years, encouraging, you know, getting students more involved in the the body of Christ and not just kind of, okay, over in this one building to be, you know, in youth ministry, uh, but to be, you know, more connected to the broader um, church. Because like you said, you know, as they're growing up and graduating, they often graduate from the church, uh, those who aren't more involved in the, the larger body of Christ. So I think that's, Very helpful.
0: Well, and I'll be honest. um, My daughter was shocked when she realized that a lot of her college friends, they still go just to like their college group. And one Sunday she went with them and she was like, well, when do you go to big church? (laughs) And they're like, well, this is our church. Like Mm -hmm. she she was floored. Mm -hmm. Like they literally had grown up, you know, kids church, youth group church. You know, they had never been integrated into the body. And these are 20 year olds. Mm -hmm. So mm-hmm. we've got to change that when, when they're still at home.
1: Yeah. And just as I'm sitting here talking to you and, you know, being the director of resources for RYM, I'm mine's always thinking of that, but I know John Nilsson wrote a book called Faith That Lasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember that the subtitle there, but Faith That Lasts is an excellent book that, that deals with this issue of just students grow, growing up and, and leaving the church um, and, you know, kind of Uh, looks at some of the statistics and uh, discusses that, but then also offers some some helpful advice uh, there. So that's definitely a book to to pick up and check out. Um, Anything else you want to add to any of this, Kristen?
0: No, thank you. Great discussion.
1: All right. Thanks a lot.